My name is Nikita Banks and I am your host of the Black Therapist Podcast. The Black Therapist Podcast is a podcast where we discuss the unique issues people of color face when dealing with mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. If you are a therapist and you want to appear on the show, make sure that you email us at blacktherapistpodcast at gmail.com. You can sign up for our mailing list at blacktherapistpodcast.com and you can shoot me uh, show suggestions, feedback back people to interview whatever whatever uh we take all kind of requests all kinds of um emails and we would love to hear from you and our podcast is found on apple Podcasts, google play youtube iHeartRadio, spotify stitcher and soundcloud who uh first of all i'm recording on three cameras right now which is kind of hard to do so you may see me looking off or veering at one two or three just know that the reason that i'm doing that is because there are different cameras i'm trying to figure out which is best for our youtube channel shout out to you guys watching me on youtube second thing if you are watching me on youtube you will usually notice on a weekly basis that i will be in my four dollar tank from forever 21 forever 21 if you want to sponsor me holla at your girl and my like what four dollar five dollar leggings it's kind of like my uniform with a sweater or a shirt it is what it is blame steve jobs that i wear the same thing almost every day but i get fly we do dress up when it's time to get fly just just so you know fyi so uh this week this week this week first of all shout out to mouse jones and the He-Man Woman Haters Club because uh, he invited me to come through and do an episode of his show. And he wanted to do live therapy, which stressed me the fuck out, to be honest with you. Um, I kind of didn't know what to expect. I mean, I've never done therapy for TV or for a podcast or for live um, or public consumption. Therapy is usually an intimate relationship between me and my client. So I never expected to know (laughs) what to say or how that was going to go. I was super nervous, to be honest with you, that the idea of being filmed doing therapy, I didn't know what was going to be off topic. I didn't know how deep he was willing to go. And as I've had some time to process it, I haven't listened to the show yet because I experienced it live, but I will listen uh it 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 he went there like we we went there and I didn't think that we would therapy is so intimate it was I think it's so courageous of him to step up to the plate and say you know what I just want to take people behind the scenes of therapy and show them what that looks like when when you do it um I tried to clarify to him at the end that You know, usually there is not therapy with me, him, and like six other people in the room. That's not what real therapy looks like. And on a first intake session, things would be a little bit differently. I wouldn't be telling him what other people told me to to topics to to discuss, which is what happened. Um, Shout out to his friends and his homegirl, best friend that was in the room. Gave me a little bit more insight of some things that he and I should explore and talk about. Like five minutes when I five minutes before the interview happened, and so the fact that he was able to be so honest, I hope that it lands with some people and it touches the hearts that it should. 
I don't know. Somebody stopped recording. Let me check. Him. Oh. Oh. Okay. So I'm recording with my GoPro and it's like one of the first times. And I love that I can kind of see it recording, but I saw it stop. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, shout out to him. It was great to see a man be vulnerable, especially in that setting, because men have been kind of shitty lately. Full disclaimer, this show will be about sexual abuse. It will be about Bill Cosby and Brett Kavanaugh and, you know, politics so if you're not interested in those things please let me know but that's what the show will be about it's going to be triggering to some people it's going to be hurtful to others so I just want you guys to know that that's what the show is about today if you need to practice self-care make sure that you do if you need to be aware of your your feelings when you're listening to this just make sure that you are ready as somebody who has discussed publicly my experience with sexual abuse, this week has been extremely triggering for me. And the discussions around Bill Cosby's conviction and just the general discussions that I've been having with black men have not promoted an environment where I'm able to feel safe. Now, when I say sexual abuse, and I'm not speaking just on about my own, I think that people think that sexual violence is only rape or sexual abuse is only rape or molestation or penetration and I'm not just because it because of where I am in my healing I'm not going to say which you know what what applies to me directly but I will say that I did call my therapist this week to go back because he and I need some time to work through some things um Sexual violence can be as simple as somebody invading your space in a sexual manner. Uh, Somebody rubbing up against you on the train in a provocative way. Somebody showing you their penis that you don't want to see. Somebody sending you dick pics that you didn't fucking ask for. It can be something as simple, simple, right? As harassment or repeated sexual innuendos or repeated comments about one's body in in a way that makes them feel unsafe or is unwanted or is unnecessary right so in order for us to be able to really truly get into what it is we have to see it as a full picture It's very difficult to explain to a man whose only job in life for most of them is to try to get some pussy or to try to get them some ass or to bag bitches 
There will be French in this episode. If you are not used to French, parlez-vous français, it will happen today, okay? Because uh, I don't know any other way to communicate, but to keep it real. And I don't feel like you, I don't feel like, I, I don't feel like, I don't feel like it. I don't, I don't feel like, I don't feel like being polite. I don't feel like being nice. I, I'm talking about something that's, that's disgusting, and should be frowned upon by society and should make guys feel like shit when they do it. So I'm going to keep it all the way real. I'm going to keep it all the way funky. This this may be a little bit of, you know, Nikita Banks, LCSW, therapist, whatever. But this is going to be a whole lot of Nick Banks from Brooklyn. All right. To watch the hearings of for Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation to the Supreme Court today and listen to the victim describe her experience of almost being raped at a party while one boy watched and laughed and jumped on the bed. And another boy was drunk. It it wasn't that foreign to me. It made me think of my job as a mother of a almost man legally, right? Because of the fact that he's a black boy in my eyes, because he's still on my payroll. Wow, well, you know. I know that. Any activity that he would do at 16 or 17 would be criminalized. Any activity that he would do would be seen as an error in his character. How is it that there's even a discussion that a man who has at this point been accused of sexual violence against women, throwing a woman up against the wall and molesting her in front of her child, almost raping someone when he was 17, being a belligerent drunk, should have so much power over women's reproductive rights. It's beyond me. It's beyond me. It's New York. I don't know if y'all can hear the, the stuff in the background, but it's New York City. Um... It's not surprising to look at all these old white men who don't bust their guns. They, they, they're not out here having sex. Be so upset and concerned about this man and how we are ruining this man's life and not thinking at all about the impact of sexual violence against women and how that how that impacts us and it impacts the community it was disturbing and I had to get off the internet because at the same time you know we got a conviction against Bill Cosby now I'm gonna say this with all due respect fuck Bill Cosby he is a man who has agreed that he he is a rapist he's drugged women and um has sex with them like, it's, it's really not up for discussion or debate about Bill Cosby. Innocent men don't confess to those kinds of things. And I understand that in the 70s, it was a different time. And 
things change, but sexual violence is a character flaw. It's, it's, it's toxic masculinity at its finest. It's the entitlement. And to watch Brett Kavanaugh just huff and puff and be like, eh, I want to be on the Supreme Court. I deserve it. Shut the fuck up. Nobody deserves to get a job that they want. You could work hard for it. But if, if, if somebody sees something that I've put on my social media, if a job sees these podcasts right now where I'm super pro-black and I talk about, you know, some of the things that I talk about discussing race and culture, they may decide that I am not a good candidate for employment. I don't really care. But I can't say, oh, no, uh-uh, you can't you can't get mad at me because I put on what I put on social media seven years ago. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And just as hard as I had worked for that position, I could work hard at another one. I could make a position for myself. I, I think that it was just downright disgusting to watch these old fogies sit and talk about these these women. And sexual predators in the, the most ridiculous way. If you had gone to a party when you were 16 where there was drinking and you seeing girls getting trains ran on them, would you go back? Or why would you go back? Because you're 16 and you're stupid. And when you're 16, you don't think that that sort of thing will happen to you. It made me think of the parties that I went to when I was young. I wasn't 16. I was like 21 by the time that I had been to these kinds of events, soirees. But... My boyfriend, my first boyfriend ever, lost my virginity, etc. He, he had a party house. And his cousin lived upstairs. And there's been times that I've been over there that they've had girls in the house. And I have been aware of the fact that some of the boys in the neighborhood would take turns having sex with this girl. And it never dawned on me that she didn't want to have sex with them. I'm not even sure if there was any alcohol or weed or anything involved because I didn't indulge in any of that at the time. So I don't know if they were drinking or smoking weed. I don't know. Like, this is just my grown woman recollection. It never for once dawned on me that they may possibly drug me and rape me. I've literally spent the night over there and been half naked. I remember one time I was so sick at his house that I couldn't make it back home that I was like half naked. I had a, I had the, the flu and I woke up and it was like four dudes sitting on the bed playing PlayStation or whatever the hell he was playing at the time. And I rolled back over and went to sleep because I was so weakened from, you know, whatever this, this thing was, this bug that I had, I had never been sexually violated. And it never, it never once dawned on me that maybe these girls didn't want to have sex with this guy or these guys. There's a group of them. 
And I remember one day in particular being over there and a girl had sex with one person or several. I wasn't up. I wasn't there. Like I was in the building. Grandma owned the building. I wasn't present for whatever was going on. I just remember being downstairs, minding my own business. And the guy, the cousin asking me, I was a chicken head, y'all, asking me to come upstairs and, and pretend like I was his girlfriend. So this girl would leave because she didn't want to go home. And I was like, bet, whatever. And I remember running the girl off. Now, I don't know if she had sex with one guy and the others watched because that was something that they used to do as well. Um, he had a first floor apartment. So sometimes the guys would go in the background and watch. I mean, damn, I'm maybe they watched me. Like he was, um, he, even if they watched me, they didn't see much, but <laughs> maybe they watched me have sex. Like it, I didn't even think about, I didn't even think about it. I don't think you think about those things when you're young. You don't think about somebody, you, you think you're exclusive. You think that they will do something to somebody and they would never do it to you. So to see the Renata alumni, and if you're following the Brett Kavanaugh case, what happened in the, the there, he went to an all boys school and they wrote hot shit in the yearbook. And it was a bunch, like a member of the football team. And basically that they all had a caption that underneath the picture that said Renata alumni, like either they all dated Renata or they all had sex with Renata or they got the first or second base with Renata. I don't know what kind of stupid stuff white people are into. And I went to a white high school and I don't, I don't ever remember this kind of stuff being able to make it into our yearbook, but Renata alumni, it's not surprising that she would write a letter to say how good of a guy this guy is and then find out that she was an object of sexual bullying or she was an object of this kind of talk amongst boys. And while this isn't usually disqualifying every single man who has defended some of this behavior, they're defending it because I'm sure that at some point in time, they have made a woman feel uncomfortable with their behavior and they don't want that to stop their destiny and they don't want that to impact their future. What men don't understand is that it's not just one Thing for women. If you move through wor the world in a female body, you will have been violated in some way, shape, form, or fashion on more than one occasion. And it erodes your sense of trust. It, it erodes your ability to be intimate with certain partners. I, I've, I've known friends. I've known parents of friends. I've known Adults that I've known who have either been raped, molested, or violated in some sort of way. I don't know not one woman who I know intimately who hasn't had some sort of inappropriate experience with a man or a boy in their journey to womanhood. I don't know one. And then... I went to a movie screening this weekend and I was it yeah this past weekend and I drove home with two men that I one man I don't know 
and another man that I admire. And he was making sexual innuendos, which I'm used to, but I was just like, knock it off, knock it off. And then he started defending Bill Cosby. How is a woman to feel safe if you can defend someone who admitted to drugging and having sex with women while they were either unconscious or impaired to the point that they couldn't consent? How can you even like, how can I ever look at you as a decent human being if you can do that? So to quote my friend Sheen, people are trash. Men are real trashy in these streets. You guys are not doing us any favors with these behaviors. And we have to we have to have a, a open and honest conversation where we could talk about these things. So listen to senators like Lindsey Graham and the the rest tout 65 women who believe that Brett Kavanaugh is a good guy. 65 women. As if to say that the local rapist, not saying he is, but as if to say the local rapist rapes every single woman that they come in contact with. As someone who has worked with men who are convicted of sexual assault or some sort of sex crime because I've done that kind of forensic social work. I can tell you that these guys have families. They have jobs. They function in society. But when they feel the need to exhibit their power over women in whatever form they choose to do it in, they do. Some of those guys go to church. Some of those guys have prestigious careers. Some of those guys are accomplished. Some of them are low lives, but not enough of them. Some of those guys are fathers and family men and husbands and wives. Well, it's not a lot of wives in there, but we do have some women. Um, well, we did have women. I just didn't work with them. Fathers and uncles. And more importantly, it started me to thinking about what we as a community can do when we find out that there's somebody in our circle who may be a sexual predator. The onus is on the community to do something about it. The onus is on us to be able to say, you know what, this is not appropriate. Not just know about it and keep your children away from that, that person if he's a child molester. Or not just know about it and let other women know that you need to stay away from them. Like I literally had an argument in my DM with a gentleman who I, I usually respect who was saying, oh, the women with Bill Cosby, I don't believe he did it to 56 women. So if he did it to one woman, it's one woman too many. And why is this still up for debate? 
the nigga confessed. He said he did it. Like, why are we still talking about this shit? He did the crime. Sit down. Go on and sit down for two years with your blind ass. And in uh, Bill's case, bruh, like you lived your life. You lived a good life. Go on and sit down. The question that I asked him was instead of blaming victims and saying that the victims should be hypervigilant about men, which is a dumb fucking thing to say, because how am I going to find a man to love, procreate with, and trust if I have to be hyper aware of my my surroundings and my safety with men all the time? Like, how can I actually connect with you on any sort of level if I think that you're going to harm me? Psychologically. And that's my first automatic thought. Like, yo, I gotta, I gotta watch it because he may be a rapist. I don't think most women operate from that space. I think most women operate from the space that men are good and some of you guys are shitty. I know if I thought that all men were bad, I couldn't, I couldn't be, I couldn't do nothing. I couldn't do my job. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't exist in the world. It's only two types of people, you know, biologically is women and men. And even if you're, you're trans, it still usually boils down to male and female. Like, even if you're gender non-conforming, you were, you were, you were born with, with the two binary signs. Or sexist. So it is what it is. The question that I posed to him was. How as a man. Can you make. The women around you feel safer. Like what is your responsibility. And your role in this. To make sure the women around you feel safer. And while. By and large a lot of the comments. That I read from black men. Were just fucking disgusting. Disgusting. There were some bright lights and one of those were Chris Classic. Shout out to Chris Classic. I love him. And um, I want to read his Instagram post if I can. So y'all bear with me because I got to look it up. And my battery is dying. Mm. Shout out to Charles Blow. Charles M. Blow. His tweet on the Kavanaugh thing i think what i'm witnessing are the protestation of patriarchy and privilege it whines and it rages when it is threatened with being denied that to which it believes it says it is owed but i think it's believed it is owed as a birthright and gender gender benefit how dare a woman be the impediment i mean god damn The honesty. And that was the thing that really hit me about the Brent Kavanaugh thing. Like he was really, truly like, I can't be a Supreme Court nominee. Why don't the woman just shut the fuck up? Basically, that was really what he said. He cut all of the women off that was speaking to him. He really was so super disrespectful to everybody that asked him a question. He could not possibly 
answer. You couldn't answer any goddamn thing straight. He's just a real fucking douchebag. I'm going to try to see if I could find this. Ugh, the post. Got it. Women no longer give you the benefit of the doubt. Many assume you are incapable of complete change, self-growth and healing, and a desire to understand and positively intersect with them. Why? I can't speak for them, but we have hurt them at every age. The 6 to 12 year old woman who lost her innocence to the sexual appetite of grown men's words or groping hands. The lack of fathers in the home to protect them from girl you dick in the supermarket or walking home from school. The 13 to 18 year old woman who dealt with her peers, the sons and nephews of the same creepy older men who made them feel dirty just for developing physically. The boys that will be boys. Okay. I guess it's supposed to be boys will be boys. The boys that will be boys sexually driven by music, hungry by any means, including emotional manipulation or even as extreme as date rape. The boys who have no clue of the emotional correlation to anything physical. The 19 to 25 year old who may have experienced the emotional connection in college but with further manipulation, immaturity, who's now entering the workforce to find nothing really changed collectively in the men, her peers and seniors, who are now sexually harassing her, offering promotions via sexual favors, or simply not supporting her in her efforts to climb the corporate ladder, downplaying her ability to, or even sabotaging her efforts. At some point, even if not malicious, you hurt her too. And immaturely left without resolve, like a surgery without stitches or closures. She now is CEO, VP, MD, Esquire, or is in some form of power and authority. She hasn't spoken to you or seen you in 10 years. Your name slash your brand comes up in a business conversation. Who, him? Hell no. Nah. That asshole. But you've changed. You're a completely different person. You've matured. You come to see your former misogynistic mindset, toxic masculinity, and entitled patriarchy. And you've committed to healing any other issues you may have internally struggled with. But that is the tough part. That you may just be the karma you have to pay. Until they accept that collectively men can heal and grow the same way they can. You can, however, do better by helping other men avoid toxic behavior, which is why you are reading this now. First of all, I love that. The fact that he could be introspective enough to say there is something that I have possibly done to harm a, a, a woman, but I still can be a good man. Right? I, I I could still see myself as a good person, yet acknowledge that I've hurt other people. And, and some people damaged irreparably. To me, Bill Cosby isn't about whether or not he's a sexual predator or a sexual deviant. He's a man with sexual desires that, like most men, saw only his desires. And not the woman as a human being 
with our own thoughts, feelings, emotions, desires, and sexual needs. He could have simply asked for ass. He could have simply just given the woman the right to say yes or no. But that wasn't what he wanted to do. That didn't assert enough power over him. How can you be sexually satisfied from an incapacitated woman? It's not sexually stimulating. I don't think if she's half dead. How, how, that's, that's only about power. And for you to, to be a self-professed virgin as Brent Kavanaugh said he was. And try to almost rape a girl while your homeboy watched. How is this not a test of your character or who you would, what the type of man that you would develop to be? Not to mention that he clerked for a judge that was, I think, thrown off the bench because of sexual indiscretions or sexual abuse scandals or sexual harassment scandals with the people that he worked with. So this shows that even if he didn't have anything to do with that in his professional life, he worked for someone who would lose his his judgeship and have to step down as someone who harassed women. Like you, you still passively watched while this happened. You're a trash bag and should not get a lifetime appointment to the highest court in the land under the president trash bag and Clarence shitface Thomas. Even even Clarence Thomas, like when he was, when he sat on the, the, the court, I lived in D.C. at the time. I lived in the same, almost the same area. I went to school in that area where he lived. And for me, I remember being young and like, damn, that's a black man getting a black man seat. Like, why, why are they trying to take the black man down? Not having the life experience that I have now and knowing that Anita Hill would forever be the woman who tried to take down Clarence Thomas instead of being seen as the hero who spoke up for other women. Thank God for Anita Hill because she literally led the movement of change that led to the majority of, of women being seated to the House and Congress. I mean, to the Congress and Senate. And we're already kind of in the year of the woman where a lot more women are being elected but I would like to go one step further so I know that a lot of social workers listen to this show and mental health professionals listen to this show I believe Yale has a campaign school that's mostly women I know that I attended a campaign school which is I don't remember the name at UConn UConn has a campaign school at, at their, I'm looking it up. I know it's Audrey something. UConn campaign school. I'm Googling. Uh, UConn has, ah, is it Audrey? Cause I thought, yes. Okay. Nancy, it was, I saw a Nancy A. Humphreys Institute for political social work. And I attended there. If you need CEUs, contact them. They actually gave me a scholarship to go. 
It was very insightful. I was at actually able to go and learn about how to run a campaign, how to run for political office, um, how to raise money, how to canvas, how, how to do door to door. I don't know. I don't even remember what it's called right now, but I'm old. Um, but how to how to run a campaign from every aspect of it. And it, we actually got to meet with our politicians. We had to talk about how to advocate for different laws and change. But if you are someone out there who is a victim, don't see yourself as a victim. Be victorious and make sure that this sparks the change in you that allows you to become the change we need to see in this country. Because what we're seeing, what I'm seeing is unfucking acceptable to me. I, I'm not ignorant enough about history to say that this is not America. Because this is very American to me. Injustice. Disparities in sentencing. How two rapists could, one could be our president or he's not a rapist, maybe. I don't know. Sexual predator. How one person who's been accused of being a sexual predator can be our president. The other can potentially be on the Supreme Court and how a black man can also be going to jail. Right. I'm aware of the racist aspect of it, but too free is too, too many. And their guilt it doesn't exonerate Bill Cosby's guilt. It doesn't negate the fact that he's admitted to doing this. And even if he didn't, I believe he did it anyway. I believe he's guilty of his crime. And what people don't seem to understand is that you don't get to pick your punishment. Not in this country. You could be a white man who gets off scot-free for raping little brown children or white women. Or you can be a brown man who goes to jail forever for doing jack shit or get murdered in the streets for committing a petty crime. But when you do it and you place yourself in that environment, you don't get to pick the consequence and you don't get to pick the outcome. And that's something that we all have to wrestle with. Uh, again, UConn Campaign School, Yale has one, I think. Women, Yale has Yale Women's Campaign School. And there's one more. Um, CRISP has a campaign school. Ah, Congressional Research Institute for Social Work and Policy. They also have a summer institute where they teach people who are social workers and mental health professionals to be politically active. Get your ass up and make a change. Get intimately involved with making a change. And I'm probably not going to do this today because I'm tired and I was sick. I was sick all day today, but I'm, I'm definitely want to do a show on how you speak to and meet with your lawmakers and how you advocate, mostly aggregate, aggregate is not the word, advocate for changes in your community. And how you can go to your local officials. You can go to your local city hall. Or you can go to your congressman's local office and ask for a sit down. You can write them a letter and tell them what's going on in your life. 
and how you need them to respond and fix it because constituents matter. As long as you live in their congressional district, you can walk your ass up in there and say, hey, you want my vote? This is what I need you to do for me. And not enough people of color do that. And I have a few things in my in my my neighborhood, uh, in my household, in my business that I need done from my local officials. So I'm definitely absolutely positively going to take my black ass down there and send these letters. And so I would definitely want to walk you in another show throughout this season. I want to walk you through that process. Okay, maybe I'll develop a course. On that in the class, but I'm definitely going to, and I'll make that free. I'll develop a course on in that, in the class in in our um, online platform, and I will make it free. Okay. Whew! I feel like I said a lot. I'm angry, y'all. I'm triggered. I just wanted to add this: we live in a society where women who have been abused in one form or another have to work with, live with, see, and interact with our abuser all the time. And we are made to suppress it, hide it, put it away, not think about it, compartmentalize, rationalize, and explain it away. And it shows up in our lives, in the relationships that we have, in the trust we are able to build with friends, family, partners, and strangers. It limits our access to help. It limits our access to love and intimacy. It erodes our sense of safety. And the more society makes excuses for these fucked up ass men and small and large indiscretions, the more we do that, the more victims will blame themselves and live in silence and shame. If you are a man who is listening to my voice and you have either committed an act that in your mind may seem small. I want you to think about how every day you move in society and how your desire to want and conquer and explore and have sex with the women, girls, and children around you may impact them. And just Fucking don't. Just don't. Just don't fucking do it. I'm lucky to have worked in an environment with sex offenders. Who we were able to work with in a way that we saw them as human beings who made mistakes. But that didn't lessen the egregious sense of entitlement they had and the way they dehumanized their victims and making them just an instrument for their pleasure 
and not fully formed human beings that would have to pick up the pieces of their lives. I, I, I don't even know what else to say. So, yeah. Shout out to the survivors that are listening to this show. Who are being triggered by the things that you are seeing and hearing in the side conversations that are not affirming your humanity and are, are, are eroding your feelings of safety around you. Shout out to that. Practice self-care. Surround yourself with good men that actually make you feel secure and make you feel safe. Go to your therapist. Pray, meditate, remove yourself from social media and media because I feel like it's going to get harder before it gets better, especially with this. As Brett Kavanaugh has confirmed and he ends up being on the Supreme Court, it's going to be a lot more triggering for a lot of us out here. And I just, you got to do what you can to go on. And, and be strong in the process. It's been another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. Be well. I want to thank you guys for rocking with us for this new upcoming season of Black Therapist Podcast. I look forward to being a resource to you to provide you with tips, strategies, and information on both mental health issues and mental health diagnosis. I look forward to having as many Black therapists come on the platform to let you guys know that there are clinicians of color out there that do want to serve you and serve the community. And we are doing the good work. You can follow us on all of our social media platforms. They're not all Black Therapist Podcasts, but on our social media platforms, you can also follow me at Miss Nikki, N-I-K-I Banks on Instagram. You can follow the book page at Finding Happy 7, number 7. And you can hit us up on Instagram at Black Therapist Podcast. And we're also on, you know, Twitter, Facebook is whatnot. Okay. Thank you guys for rocking with us for another episode of Black Therapist Podcast. And I want you guys to be well. Bye.